Genre. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, the daily podcast where we are watching the 1990 live-action Turtles movie one pizza slicing minute at a time. I am your host, Scott Tofty, and with me again are Chris. hey And Rachel. Hi. And Adam. Hi. And our very first ever guest host, Mr. Scott Corelli. Hi, Scott. Hello. Glad to be back. Glad to have you back. I'm glad we made it through an episode and we didn't get confused as to which one of us was supposed to be talking at any given time, ah. given the fact that we share a name. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, enough. that little thing. <laughs> um, so this Minute 12 here starts off with uh, uh, the tail end of our pizza guy, Tony, walking away in disgust, and uh, it ends with uh, our thugs rushing into... I guess a park, it would seem. We'll get a, bit, a little bit more detail about that in a moment. Uh, so, Pizza Guy Tony, Michael Sisti leaves the scene, and then we get Michelangelo's best infomercial impression uh, the new Turbo Ginzu! <laughs> As he has Leonardo slice up the polyurethane Domino's pizza for the family. It was not already <laughs> sliced for some reason. Yeah, really? Yeah. What's that all about? Do you think they ordered it that way because they knew they were going to slice it with katana blades? Like, hey, don't cut it. We have our own system. Yeah, those, those pizza slices are perfect. Like, well, that's, just, that's how good of a swordsman like, Leonardo is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, it's not a katana because there's no curve to it. It's a ninjato. Mm. Oh, well then, I stand corrected. <laughs> I have to. Can we can we talk about how ashamed I am that I just look at Splinter's head with that cheese melting down, and I'm just like. Oh my god, that looks so good. <laughs> you should be ashamed. That looks terrible. Oh yeah. no. That melty also, cheese? Oh, it looks also, so good. I, Wouldn't it burn like crazy? Yeah, that would that would yeah, hurt. A lot. Either either he has incredible tolerance for heat or they delivered a cold pizza. I mean, he is a ninja master. He must have like incredible control of his uh tolerance of pain. That's yeah. true. Also the fur probably. Does. <laughs> <laughs> um it's Keeping it slightly away from his skin. I feel so like. You, uh, sorry, go ahead, Adam. What do you think is on this pizza? I'm just looking at a freeze frame of the pizza. It looks like I'm gonna, olives. I'm going to tell you olives. from memory. Yeah, I think I see olives. Peppers. Green peppers. Olives. Uh huh. Mushrooms. Yeah. And maybe oh, sausage. Yeah, we heard him. We heard him do the, uh, the do the order. So there's no. That's anchovies. true. There's no. There's certainly not any anchovies. There better not be anchovies. <laughs> you put anchovies on that thing. <laughs> um, I the feel like anchovies I would, thing is that. That's a, I mean, that's just a joke in the movies, right? They don't have a, a hatred oh. for anchovies in like the cartoon or the comics. I'm pretty or sure in the cartoons they even eat anchovies. Yeah, in the cartoon well, they have everything. They put like cereal on their pizza. Like that's the running <laughs> gag in the in the TV show. Okay, so yeah, because the joke is that like. You know, like turtles would totally eat anchovies, right? Like some turtles. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. Like, for real. Snapping turtles would love. Do you oh, think man. they find yeah, it like you know they're... too much of a stereotype? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> there, there's a guy at my workplace who, in his office, has a giant white snapping turtle, and he he feeds it like raw steak. It's wow. the weirdest thing. Oh, that's terrifying. Scott, you're gonna have to yeah. keep tuning yeah, into this scary. podcast because one of our great goals is to at some point try to get an anchovy pizza delivered to one of us on air oh. <laughs> i keep saying i'm gonna do it and then every week i'm like i don't want to do this yeah, like we just had chinese food like <laughs> it's gonna, i don't want it's pizza. gonna happen 
Tell you what. 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 Next week. Next week, I'll order an anchovy pizza. All right. All right. You're my hero. Um, I would be remiss if I did not delve a little bit into the history of Ginzu knives in mm. this minute by minute Ugh. podcast here. Um, mm. So I'll go through this quickly. Made in Ohio originally, they were called quick cut knives. Uh, <laughs> would you buy a knife called quick cut? <laughs> of course, Ginsu knives were created in Ohio. Of yeah. course. <laughs> they changed the name to try to evoke uh, a samurai sword, right? So it's just totally racist to begin with. <laughs> Total <laughs> cultural appropriation. <laughs> Um, but the the Ginzu infomercials in the late 70s and 80s are kind of the thing that solidified what we know an infomercial to be like now. They used oh, totally. like, the carnival barking. They used the phrase. like They popularized the, the uh, but wait, there's more. And like mm. operators are standing by. Um, and they used them was... to cut things that like no one would ever really cut oh. with a knife. Yeah, like, like a can, right? Yeah. Or, like it'll cut a, a work boot right in half. It's like, yeah, oh my god, why? I've been looking yeah. for something to cut my work boots with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is one of those things. Like those Ginsu knives, they came like factory sharp. They came like sort of ready to do that sort of bullshit test cut stuff that everybody, you know, people would buy those things and then they would be like, oh, I'm going to do it like in the infomercial. I'm going to saw through a telephone book. <laughs> this is great. But you can't sharpen them because the steel is garbage. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> but anyway. They, they don't keep well. That's they the not, that's they're, they're bad. <laughs> Especially after you cut a can in half. Like, right. I, I feel like once you cut a can in half, that knife is ruined. Right. What, Pretty right. much. What age do you have to be to not remember the Ginzu knives? Like, and I know they're still um, out. Like, you can still hmm. get them. Uh, probably born in the 90s. Yeah. I th- I'm pretty sure my brother remembers them. Uh, and he's four years younger. Well, your age. Never mind. Jeez, what am I saying? I was going to say, I'm 32. Um, I remember. Well, yeah. You can buy Four. them on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can buy Join us next week as we buy Ginzu Don't knives do it. and order <laughs> no. pizza. But you can buy a Stop whole 14-piece set for $40.45. I will smack you all through this microphone. I won't buy Don't them, but it. I'm just saying that you can. I'm going to go find on YouTube at some point, and I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes, a Ginzu infomercial, because I have a sneaking suspicion that it's terribly, terribly offensive. I don't remember the imagery. <laughs> oh, yeah, they, like bamboo, uh, like paper, like mm-hmm. uh, the paper, like dividers. Like it was all very Orientalist. It was – I remember this stuff. I remember watching these infomercials and being like, oh, wow, that's really cool. You can cut that thing. Like, oh, oh look at that. And it looked like, you know, sort of a mar- – it looked like a dojo, and they had tatami mats. It's it's bad. All it's right. really bad. Did you? Um, I don't know if I don't know if it was just a regional thing, but did you guys have like the late night infomercial with the guy selling knives and swords, and he had like this Tom Waits voice? Mm. I remember because I I, I I never sleep, so it's true. It, 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 especially like in the early two thousands, late nineties, it was just infomercials. I know that on QVC they would do like batches of swords and knives and you know everybody's seen the really wonderful you know like this practice katana bangs it on the table stabs himself <laughs> you know, everybody's seen that video it's wonderful but but uh, I don't remember a particular Tom Waitsy you uh, know, this knife g- salesman this guy's voice it was like and we got genuine knives it's like no one could could withstand this guy's voice for more than three minutes but he would do like hour-long blocks where he would sell knives wow and like he would be he would just keep throwing knives in it's like if you call right now i'll I'll throw in four more pocket knives and a sword and another knife and then this knife and then meanwhile i'm like where's my credit card i need to buy all these knives i don't have them because i'm a child (laughs) right 
Um, Thank God. Looking around the table, we see that uh, uh, like Donatello is a Noid napkin. They've got plastic cups from Domino's, so they've just been raiding like Domino's wares for <laughs> I would assume a long time now. Mm. Um, Splinter well, usually seems to you be get the those... only one who doesn't have a plastic Domino's cup. You'd get those plastic cups at like when you got a kid's drink, right? Yeah, like they would give you like special... you order chocolate milk and they give you that. Right, right. So maybe they order chocolate milk. Or they just raid their dumpster. Or that. Well, how did they get that through the sewer grade? <laughs> they flush it down the toilet. We've discovered that that's just the answer for everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, Raphael yes, that, comes out that of... that normal American activity of flushing cups down the toilet. <laughs> well, wait till you hear how they got their, se- their, their, their uh, payphone. Mm. <laughs> and, their, and their sofa and their record player yeah. loyal listeners already know um, we see Raphael coming out of the movie that he went to earlier it turns out it is Critters oh. and the, uh, the little in joke here because I believe what was the relationship between this movie and Critters there isn't one the the commentary the director on the commentary says that he just chose Critters because he felt that the turtles were like Critters Oh, LOL. Oh, like that was it. That was was the that was the extent of the joke. Like according to him (laughs) on the commentary, I thought it was. I thought they were both New Line releases. No, it was like New Line. But uh, I just have the the IMDb page for for critters. The the plot synopsis: one sentence. A race of small furry aliens make lunch out of the locals in a farming town. Mm. (laughs) Sounds like a feel good movie. It is not. It is terrible. It is awful. It is it is childhood scarring and I hate it. 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 I have to go watch that. Guys, we're gonna do Critters Minute next. We're not. It grossed over thirteen million dollars in the box office for a budget of two million. I mean that's that's not bad. Wow, that's pretty good. Roger Ebert gave it three out of four stars, so it can't be so bad. That's a ringing endorsement. <laughs> I, I saw Critters as a little kid, and it, it scared the bejesus out of me. I saw Critters before I saw The Trouble with Tribbles. And so when, like, The Trouble with Tribbles started, I saw the little, you know, fuzzy things. And I was like, oh, God, the Critters are going to eat. He goes, oh, no, Kirk, no. Oh, God. Oh. Somehow I, I missed Critters. Because I think, I think it reminded anything. me of Gremlins, which freaked me out when I was a kid. Like, mm-hmm. I was scared yeah. of Gremlins, so I think anything that had fuzzy little dudes in it was not okay for me. There's, like, Gremlin. something about 80s movies that are just a little too, like, like light-wise. They're too dark. Like, batteries not included. Just even, like, looking at the VHS cover for that scared me. <laughs> like, any movie that's not lit properly from, like, 1984 to 1988, yeah. I won't yeah. watch. I always liked 80s lighting that kind of, like, everything has, like, soft edges almost. Yeah. Like, there's all the smoke everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> From everybody just smoking on set. Right. Right, exactly. Well, and also <laughs> trying to hide the edge of the set. Yeah. 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 I, I also I've always gotten a kick out of the out of the Raph's line as he's walking out of this movie. Because here we have a giant walking turtle in a trench coat. <laughs> Saying, where do they come up with this stuff? Yeah, well, because I think that's the joke, is that the the director is saying, like, oh, Critters, what a dumb movie. And then meanwhile, he's directing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, I think that's supposed to be the joke. Yeah. But but I do do want to point out that Stephen Herrick, the director of Critters, went on to do Bill and Ted and a bunch of other, like, really popular movies. Wow. Good for him. 101 Dalmatians. 
<laughs> the hey, the nice. 90s Three Musketeer movie. Oh, hey, Charlie Sheen. Bad. And Chris O'Donnell. Kiefer, I love that Kiefer movie. Kiefer Sutherland. Oh, Mighty Ducks? <laughs> no, he, hey. they were in the... He did the no. He did the Mighty Ducks. Yeah, he did do oh. the Mighty Ducks. Oh, oh, man. so he has a connection that, with the Estevez family. Like, yeah. How long? How long did Mighty Ducks like play in theaters? I remember as a kid, like seeing previews for that, be like, it's playing in theaters, like for months. Mm. That that movie just kept going. Your Mighty Ducks <laughs> anyway. Two is one of those movies for me, man. Yeah. Like I've seen that movie a million times. I actually wrote a paper about it in film school. Like, mm. <laughs> like my professor's like, did you really what? just hand me a paper about Mighty Ducks Two? It's like it's about. You know, how you can make a sequel that's better than the original. It's like, this wasn't your assignment. It's like, I know, but, you, you know. You didn't think, like, Empire Strikes Back? <laughs> well, that's that's a oh. little different. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, what grade did you get on that? I, I don't remember. I, I probably had to rewrite it. Probably. Honestly. We get a really clear shot of the street signs as Raph is walking away, and we get to see uh, that he's walking down West 61st Street and Gulf and Western Plaza. Um, I, I, as I've told you in like one of the very early minutes of the movie, I'm fascinated with finding the geographic markers in this movie. So I used Google, uh, maps and got a street view mm. of what is West 61st Street, and it's, it's, it's Central Park West. So they don't call it Gulf and Western Plaza anymore because it's the corner, I believe, where Trump Tower is located. Um, so it's I have, I have a picture. I'll put it on the show notes of that same exact, almost the same exact angle, looking right down Central Park West at the corner sixty mm-hmm. first Street. And it's interesting to see how some of those buildings have changed over time. Um, but you can definitely tell it's the same location. I'll put that in the show notes. That's just a fun little thing for me. Anytime I find a street corner in this movie, I am Google Mapsing it. What's well, funny? Uh, Dana Barrett from Ghostbusters lived on Central Park West. Mm. Neat little. So, uh, moving on in this minute, we, we get to see uh, our, our friendly neighborhood thugs, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we get to see our friendly neighborhood thugs, another of this crime wave happening in New York City, and they steal this poor little old lady's purse. Well, um, you know what I love about this? So, so this is always, you know, watching this, I, I always had a weird uh, impression of how crime worked. <laughs> uh, when I was a kid, because I'm watching this and I, and I'm like, oh, there's like they're like purse snatching, like they're like a purse snatching team. There's like two of them, and so I was like, oh, they must work in twos, like cops. <laughs> like they have a partner, <laughs> and it's not until I'm watching it this time that I'm just like realizing, oh, right, because they're the foot. So there's a bunch of them. They're like all working together because they're the foot. So are yeah. these two guys the foot? Absolutely, one hundred percent. Because there's there's no reason for there to be two of them otherwise. It's setting up that the foot all work together and they all have each other's back and stuff. They're like a family. Also, they totally parkour over that. That yeah, that, that too. So <laughs> are they like are they like Danny level of foot? They're not like ninja level of foot. No, they're they're Danny level. Okay, yeah, maybe 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 a step above Danny. They've got they're, their they've got their uh, yellow belt. <laughs> okay, there we're robbing the TVs out of the news van foot members. Yeah. Okay. I would also like to point out that I know this lady was ambushed by these two dudes, but she doesn't seem to be holding onto her purse too tightly. Like, no. She's, she's essentially like, handed it to him. Yeah, she's like, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I'm just wandering around in Central Park in the 80s. And and just, what time know. of night is this either? Also, Back when I mean, it was Murder Park. Right? Well, you got to remember, this is after they rescue April, which we had determined was like 10 or something at night. There's a clock on yeah. the wall, right? 
Yeah. So it's it's you got to be pushing midnight at this point if Raphael's already gone to and is now returning from. Yeah, he's the going movie. to a movie. Well, if so. if that's the case, what is this little old lady doing walking in Central Park that late? There night? is no telling what she does. She, for all we know, she could be a something nefarious. Somebody come up with something. Suspicious. Suspicious. Sleeps. It's fine. Very suspicious. Yeah. Yeah, maybe she works. She's a late. Shift. She's a late night maid. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. I, w- I was going to say street walker, but she is kind of old. Oh dear. Um, well, maybe she's the madam. Well, some people maybe, are into that. Yeah, That's she's one way to make back money. To her brothel. You think she'd be able to hold on to her purse a lot better than? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If she was a madam, she, she would. She'd have a brick in there. Or something. She'd be tough. If, if she were a madam, she would kill. It was full of money, and this is actually a highly choreographed drop. Ooh. <laughs> it would explain money laundering. It would explain the cockiness of the two muggers who like one takes the purse and then they like do this little toss exchange of They're the purse executing between football them. trick plays. Yeah. 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 yeah her, it's like, all right, guys, look, you got the purse. You don't need to rub it in. You're ruining everything. <laughs> her kidnapped husband is going to get it. That's, yeah. that's what happens next. Oh man. So we get Raphael's big green foot tripping these guys, and then he flashes them, which scares them away. Uh-huh. He whips off his trench coat and shows them he's not wearing any pants, and they're like, we are leaving this scene. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He may or may not also have a weapon that looks like a fork that might scare them, but... Yeah, they're, they're scared of forks. <laughs> my, You know, my problem with, the si- with, with Raph's sigh is that, like, the whole point of having a sigh is that <laughs> it's a three-point weapon, but he wraps up two of the points. Which yeah, mm. well, we're I'm sure we're gonna get into this in more detail, but their their use of their weapons is not great. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, they they are not optimized for for actually doing the damage they're supposed to do. Also, yeah. sometimes they're sharp and sometimes they're more of a blunt object. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like there, there doesn't I seem will, to be consistency. I will excuse their their bad use of their weaponry in the movies because in this continuity. Uh, Splinter was always a rat and wasn't a person first. So oh, yeah, there you go. So so I that's I just chalk it up to that. It's like the guy <laughs> the guys in the cartoon know how to use their weapons because their Splinter was a person once. Yeah, yeah, and also because they get to destroy robots instead of kill teenagers. <laughs> also that that's very mm-hmm. true. Do you think he wraps it so much because he's got slimy turtle fingers and he just can't hold on to them? Otherwise, or does he is, or does he wrap it so that he's not tape. constantly stabbing himself in the thigh? Well, well I, that could be it too. I, I always thought sighs were more were were less of like a a stabby, pointy thing, and more of like a kind of fancy baton. Well, Chris, you're the authority on they, on weaponry they here. They are. They they they're they have no edge. They don't cut. They have a. They can have a point. They can have a stabbing. You know, they the three points can be for stabbing, but generally it's like a solid metal rod, and uh, the purpose is to bludgeon people poke people um you know it used i I, i've heard um like sort of urban store urban lefts um people have said like oh yeah it's like sort of a hinge joint like you use it to hold things together and and they would pull this out of like their cart and then throw it at somebody's foot and stab their foot into the earth which is crazy isn't it um and you'd have a bunch of them but it also um like because it's a solid metal rod, the idea is you can use it to break swords. That's what I was gonna say. I'd always heard it was meant to be a defensive weapon that can break a katana. Yeah, because you can catch the it in the tines, you, then twist. You catch, you catch it in the tines, twist, and also you okay. catch it with one and then smash it with the other one. Mm. Right. Mm. Um. 
So also, he does not unless, use them well at all. Yeah, not <laughs> no. a lot of people fighting him with swords no. also, probably, I would. I mean, up until this movie, I guess yeah. it really... His yeah. might be the least practical <laughs> of all the weapons because it's a defensive they, weapon. They look good on him, though. They, they do. do look it good. Is, listen, as someone who draws a lot of Ninja Turtles in his free time because he's 32 <laughs> and has nothing better to do with his life, size are... Like, Raphael's the most fun to draw because you can do sort of the most with his weapons, the way he's holding them. Um, as, as as something of an amateur uh, leather craftsman, I have to say I don't like uh, his little holster. So, all the, all the, that's some, that's some pretty sloppy Bad riveting form. right there. I don't I don't like it. I don't like it. Oh man, holy cow! All right, uh, so they the, the guys leap over the stone wall on Central Park, and we just see them rush into the park, and then the minute is over. I have um, one one last thing to add, go which for is it. about. Raph's disguise. Yes. What pray what pray tell is the point of the backpack? Um, because he's got a shell. To sort of make it, you know, appear like he has a reason for his back to jut out and be so large. Yeah. Why does that man have such a large growth on his back? Oh, it's just his backpack. It's definitely not a shell. As soon as you see like I guess that that checks out from the back, but like in a profile, it's obviously an empty backpack. Yeah, there's nothing in it. It was also probably um, a costuming decision, because I doubt they were going to put a guy in a full turtle costume and then put a uh, a trench coat on him. Mm. So they probably just put a... He probably was just wearing the trench coat, the head part, hat, and they were like, oh, well, he doesn't have a shell. Let's just drop a, a backpack on him. Maybe. Mm. I wonder if the backpack is actually like holding the two pieces of the trench coat together because like one would assume that a, oh. a turtle would not fit into the backpack so maybe they had to like yeah. cut the back open of the jacket and like, like sew it onto the backpack so that it would fit around the shell yeah. i like that theory we're solving yeah. problems here at ninja turtles minute folks <laughs> plot holes what plot holes yeah reverse engineering of movie <laughs> techniques and i wonder if in in this universe like no one is like did you guys see a turtle wearing a trench coat last night like that doesn't seem odd to these people. Well, doesn't that come up in a in a in a, a yeah, couple minutes say, from now? Somebody does point it out, and no, oh, they okay. do not think it's odd. Nobody cares. <laughs> well, you know, well, it's, it's New York. Yeah, it's it's that whole that whole movie trope of hey, it's New York. Well, Anything can happen here. Speaking of New York, my mom told me this story a couple months ago. She was in a bathroom at a Hilton in New York, and these two very very convincing drag queens walked in to do their makeup and she's like these drag queens walked in and they were doing their makeup i'm like mom it's new york like that's normal yeah and people just ignore that stuff yeah. i don't know if i if i mentioned this on on previous minutes but i remember my first ride in the new york city subway i thought i was the only one that could see this crazy lady <laughs> like it, it got to a point where there was a guy just reading a book and she was in his which means you're crazy too <laughs> yeah. There's a guy just reading a book and he was in, she was in his face, screaming in his face. And he was just like turning the page, like nothing was happening. So like I nudged my girlfriend at the time. I was like, can you see her? And she's like, yes, ignore her. She's crazy. <laughs> like, like I thought I was, I thought it was like in the sixth sense or something. Like absolutely like, a thing that definitely happens all the time. I see crazy people. <laughs> it's, it's um, very much a put your head down and power through kind of culture here yeah, in the city. So. Yeah. Oh, I imagine boy. even more so back in the the raucous 1980s and 90s. So. Yeah. Well, to a point. Yeah. Um, that, that wraps it up for me for this minute. Anyone have anything else they want to add? No. Nope. Yeah. No. 
No? All right. Well, then we'll close down minute 12, and we're going to get ready for minute 13 tomorrow. Uh, thanks again to Scott Corelli for joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow also. Um, in the meantime, we want to have everyone check out DuelingGenre.com, where there's lots of other great podcasts, another uh, several Movies by Minute podcasts going on over there, as well as mm-hmm. some original content as well that uh, you are have, have your fingers in all of, Mr. Corelli. Mm-hmm. So um, do you guys. <laughs> that's that's true. So yeah. it's self-promotion, which is the yeah. best kind of promotion. <laughs> um, so go check it out, DuelingGenre.com, and uh, we'll see you guys on Wednesday. Bye. 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 Toodles. Gowabunga! There it is. <laughs>